Hello lovely listeners, Jess here and welcome back to the Grand Theft Podcast for another show. Today is an interview and I'm going to be speaking to Katie Saunders who is an expert in personal branding with uh, creatives. So she helps specifically creatives work out their branding. Now this is a topic we're talking about all this month and it's really really important because whether you know it or not, your business has a brand, whether it's a brand that you've consciously developed or just the brand that's out there haphazardly because of what you're putting out into the world. Your brand has your business has a brand and that brand is your story. And that brand is the first thing people notice about your business. But how much of you should you put into your brand? How much do you want to share about your self personally? In this episode, we're going to talk about that in detail. We're going to kind of talk about some strategies you can use to make it a little bit less scary and a little bit less uh, vulnerable. Uh, What aspects of you you might want to be sharing as part of your brand story. And we're going to be talking about much more related to this whole issue of branding, why it matters, and uh, how you can work on improving the brand that you're already putting out into the world. So let's get started with today's episode. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. We have Katie Saunders here with us today. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So we're talking about branding today, and I feel like this is one of those things that a lot of people sort of just leave by the wayside because they focus on their products and they focus on maybe getting their social media up and running, and those are all really important things, but it's a brand that will help you kind of stand out in the crowd in the long run. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about how to kind of put more of you in your brand, which as a maker, as a handmade business owner, I think is really powerful. And uh, it's something that, you know, hopefully we can encourage you to do, even though it might be a little bit scary to do that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) A lot of my students are like, I don't want to put my face on things and stuff like that. So um, we'll talk about all that today. But first of all, Katie, can you let us know a little bit about you and why you got into this sort of branding world? Uh, Sure. So I'm Katie. I'm owner of Pop and Gray, and I do branding for creative businesses, um, mostly rebranding and helping them really come around and strengthen their brands after they've started to see some success in their business. Um, I started out in design. I I was sort of in between. I did design and journalism. So my background Mm -hmm. is is really all kinds of communication. and so I was really drawn to branding because, you know, that that's like the ultimate <laughs> in communication. <laughs> it's, it's how to communicate with your voice, how to communicate in your writing and how to communicate in your visuals and how to weave all of that together. Absolutely. I love that. So how long have you been kind of doing this for? Uh, so I have been doing this full time on my own since um, the beginning of 2012. Wow. Um, before that, 
I was uh, an art director at an ad agency. Mm -hmm. So this is really all I've done. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is my full background. Um, but I started out working for other people and then, you know, just learned and changed. And I ended up going out on my own after my first daughter was born. Things mm -hmm. change a little bit when the kids start to be involved. So um, sure. it just changed priorities and, and I started working on my own and, you know, taking a little more time for what I wanted to be doing and being able mm -hmm. to have a little more freedom. So, so you basically have very similar motivations to pretty much everybody listening to the show. I think um, <laughs> wanting to kind of have that freedom and do your own thing and be creative in the way that appeals to you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's, let's start out with, you know, we have an expert here, people. Let's, let's pick a brain. Let's start out <laughs> with what is, what is the point of branding? Like why should we do it? Uh, for, for me, the point of branding is really, it's to help you mold that story of what your business is. Mm -hmm. Because if you are not intentional about molding that story, then people are going to mold it for you. <laughs> and mm -hmm. they may not make your brand what you want it to be. Um, so if you can, from the beginning, really make sure that you know who your audience is, you know what it is you're trying to communicate to them, you know what it is that is important to get across about you. And it, it makes your business bigger than what you're selling. Mm, I love that. Now, I think we need to dispel some myths. I know I've talked about this in the past, but when most people think about branding, they're like, what are my colors? What are my fonts? Um, and I feel like they start with that, but that's probably not the best place to be starting. Yeah. That's totally the fun part of branding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, as a designer that I love that part. Um, mm -hmm. but that is, that is step two. Right. And, and that's definitely the mistake people make is that they start by, they really want the logo and they really want the color palette and they want to know what fonts to use and, they want this beautiful package. Mm. Um, but, you know, almost anyone can create a pretty brand. But if mm. it's not saying anything, then it's really not doing you any favors. Um, so it's important to start with the messaging and what you want it to say. And then you just sort of reverse engineer it to figure mm -hmm. out what those visuals should be. So I think a lot of makers they start out kind of they're making something they're like making uh they're like oh maybe i should try selling some of this so they open a you know etsy shop or whatever and start chucking stuff in there and it's all, it's kind of like a bit backwards like you know big businesses and companies generally are like okay well we have this this is what we want to achieve this is a mission we're going for or you know a vision even if not at the beginning they they do definitely bring that about uh i feel like that's something that a lot of makers sort of gloss over in the beginning but it's really important to come back to it at some stage and really think about that because having that idea of what's the what's the why what's the story and I, I love this, this word story I think that I think that makes it a little bit less icky for people like there's this idea that oh I'm a, you know I'm a brand and <laughs> that people are like yeah. what I'm not a, <laughs> I'm just a person who wants to sell some stuff right um but yeah it's about crafting and telling that story of you and your business in like you said the way that you know is is intentional rather than just 
it sort of arise, arises accidentally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that actually makers and creatives, the ones that sort of fall into this, mm. kind of have an advantage because it's really hard to start out by crafting a brand before you have the business. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people do that and they may do it well and like big, big companies do that. But I find that creatives and makers end up with really powerful brands because they go, you know, probably a couple years on something that they've just sort of put together and you know, they're <laughs> doing what they can. And in that time, they really get to know their customers. Mm. You know, they really get to understand what is unique about them and what is drawing these people to them. And so then they're coming to the table with all of this really vital information that they need to build the brand. Whereas mm -hmm. someone who's starting with branding, you know, it's, it's a little harder because you're kind of guessing in the beginning. So yes. I, I do think it's helpful <laughs> to, you know, have a couple years of, you know, maybe not really knowing what your brand is. Well, that certainly was my experience. Um, <laughs> it was experience of a lot of people. Uh, when I started my jewelry business, it took me a good few years and it, it was almost uh, an evolution. Like mm -hmm. I sort of started making certain sort of products, people started buying them. So I started making more of that sort of product and it sort of dovetailed with my own personal values and then, you know, the styles and colors I liked. And then a couple of years later, I realized I had a pretty clear brand kind of mm -hmm. accidentally. Uh, and then when I started Create and Thrive, it was different because I was starting a business from scratch and going, okay, I actually need to do all this work up front, get a brand together right. from the beginning because I'd learned the hard way, you know, I'd right. kind of done it the other way. So yeah, I think both ways can work, but I already knew my audience. I knew who I was speaking to because I'd already worked with them for a long time, even though it was informally. So that's a really right. interesting point. Um, okay. So what do we want to think about? How do we define a brand? Like what's the process to go through? And well, actually let's, before we get to that, what is the kind of what is the difference or the overlap here between the brand of your business and the brand of you? Like brand you, you know, we hear a lot about we're all a brand these days. Um, what sort of connection is there? Like, because you can't just make a brand that you love completely without thinking about what your customers care about, right? Right. It's such a fine line. Um, and, and I think this is the hardest thing to explain to people when they are trying to figure out what their brand is, is, you know, they want to sit down and figure out their, um, their brand values. And I mean, obviously those come from your personal values, but it's not, it's not a hundred percent overlap, you know, it's, there's little bits and pieces. Um, so I usually tell people that what they need to do is, you know, you can start by, looking at your wardrobe and, you know, start with colors you love and all of that stuff. But, but you have to backtrack from there because if you just build everything based off of you, then, you know, you're not taking your customer into consideration at all. Mm. So what I usually tell people is, you know, write down all these parts of your personality that you think are important, write down all these visual things that you think are important. But when you create your brand, your whole personality, is just too big to fit. Mm. So you almost have to create a caricature of yourself. 
So you figure out who your customer is, what your message is to them, and then pull out the pieces of your personality that would really resonate with them. Mm-hmm. And, and then you just, you know, you're going to feel like you're repeating yourself, but, you know, you're just going to harp on those same aspects over and over and over again. And you're going to build your story around those specific pieces of your personality. Yeah, because you want to be the person who's known for being X and Y. Like, you know, right. uh, your personality and your brand's personality is super clear to people. So they're not confused and muddled. Um, right. A problem a lot of people have is like, oh, well, I want to sell to everybody. And well, don't afraid- we all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're afraid of like turning people off with their branding. But that's yeah, actually that's- not a problem, right? It's scary and that's, mm. that's really hard to do. Um, but once you embrace it, you realize that like you, you don't really have to do any selling when, when you are so micro niched and you have a group that feels like you're speaking directly to them, then, you know, they're not price shopping. They're not comparing Mm. your product to a million different products because there always are going to be a million different products that are very similar to yours. Um, You know, there's, there's a clear emotional connection and it builds this loyalty and it just makes it so much easier to sell. And then you're also not wasting time on the people who probably aren't going to buy from you anyway. Mm. And there's just no reason to, you know, waste your energy and time marketing to them. Yeah. It it reminds me of an issue then, um, a lot of my students and I'm not immune from this either completely, but you know, you have a mailing list and you send out an email and like five people unsubscribe. You're like, Oh God, I've lost customers. (laughs) No, you haven't lost customers. You've actually lost dead weight. Right. Because they weren't your customers anyway. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's, 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 yeah, it's hard to take, but it's true at the same time. It's it's always going to hurt your feelings no matter what. It's like, Oh God, I'm not good enough for them. (laughs) All right. So, um, We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about how exactly to define your brand and communicate it, but what are some of the mistakes people make when they're trying to create a personal brand or, you know, and or a business brand? I think there's really two big mistakes people make. One is just making it too much about you mm-hmm. and not starting with your customer um, and and thinking that a personal brand really is just all the things that you love and there you go, you're done. Um, <laughs> which wouldn't that be great? It would be very easy. Yes. Um, but the bigger mistake that most people make is probably just overthinking it and spending way too much time on Pinterest and way too much time stalking all of these other brands that are right. doing similar things to them. And so, you know, they're going to six different websites and they're pulling bits and pieces that they like from all of these different brands. And then they're mashing them together into this like Frankenstein brand. Um, (laughs) And there might be little pieces that are great, but together they don't make any sense and it's not Mm. saying anything. And it's definitely not telling people what's unique about you because there's no you in that. Yeah, definitely. And I I, want to pull out this thread of the idea about, um, you know, picking a couple of things about yourself that, uh, you share. So I want to use one of my friends as an example here because she she doesn't even have a business. She just has a hobby and she does a brilliant job of this exact thing. 
So she's Bimble and Pimble on Instagram. She will be listening to this episode because she does my show notes. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's a, she sews and she's sewing her own clothes for like a decade now. And she has a strong following on Instagram. But if you, if you watch her posts and you watch her stories, she shares about her sewing. She shares about her dog. And occasionally she might share, you know, like a little behind the scenes of her sewing room or, or something like that. And that's it. Now, her personality, she's been my best friend for like over 20 years. Her personality is much more uh, broad and diverse and, you know, she has a full-time job and all these other things that are part of her personality. She doesn't share all of that. She sticks mm-hmm. to a couple of key brand, you know, elements and that's what she shares. And we, you know, that is, I think, a great example of what we should all be doing is that, you know, pick two or three kind of key things about, you know, your life, your work. And those are the things you keep repeating and coming back to over and over again. Not only is it powerful messaging, it's also, you know, if you are a bit shy or a little bit worried about being, you know, putting too much of yourself out there, you don't have to. You can protect certain parts of your life from public view and share these other parts. Yes, that's so important. And it makes it so much easier. You know, you're Mm -hmm. not constantly thinking about what kind of content to create and how to say it because you're, you're really talking about a few of the same things and you're just finding different ways to craft that story around them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you know, if you are that person who kind of feels a bit weird about the whole personal branding thing, just pick those few parts of your life that intersect with your business and use that as kind of the fodder for your marketing efforts. You know, I'm similar. There's plenty of things about my life I don't share about publicly, not because I don't, you know, I'm ashamed of them or anything, but because they're personal and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is, there is a difference between people's public persona and their, and their private self. And I think that's okay as well. It's not like, I think there seems to be this, this kind of movement especially in the personal branding world to kind of let it all hang out and just like blurt everything yeah. <laughs> into the public sphere. And I'm certainly not comfortable with that. And I know a lot of other people, you know, it's this idea of being vulnerable and yeah, that's, that's yes. fine. And if that's, you're comfortable with that and that's part of your brand and you're happy to like let it all hang out, great, do it. But if you're not, you don't have to. Yeah. And that works really well for some people, but you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, it comes off as so inauthentic. Mm. There's so many people who try, you know, they want that really vulnerable brand, but they don't feel super comfortable. And and you can, you can tell right off the bat, it just, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 so it just doesn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely you've got to do what feels right to you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it, it's really is finding that, you know, that place where your brand and your, your personal life can cross over and be a strong story for, you know, the world to hear. Do you want to learn how to sell more online? I have a free video workshop just for you. It's called the 10 Essential Keys to Successfully Sell Handmade Products Online and it'll take you through the absolute key factors that will help you to unlock the door of successful online selling. To get access to it right now for free, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash 10. That's createandthrive.com forward slash one zero. (laughs) 
One of the things I know that you suggest people do is come up with like a really strong key message or statement that you keep coming back to over and over again. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I usually start brands by creating a positioning statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is basically what we use as a filter for everything. So before we ever do any kind of design, um, we have this positioning statement. It's really just a super clear-cut version of your message and it describes what it is you do, who you serve, and you know how you're different. Um, and it's written in a way that sounds like you. Right. So you can always refer back to it. And you know, anytime you are writing captions on Instagram or doing any kind of content or anything, you can always read back through your positioning statement and say, like, okay, does it does it sound like this is coming from the same person? And is it mm-hmm. communicating what, you know, boiled down what, what is the saying? And is it, is it supporting what the positioning statement is saying? So yeah. it just helps you. It, it kind of gives you some guardrails. I like that because it's, it's weird. You kind of get whiplash when you see brands, who, well, people, brands who are kind of like one day this and talk about this and then the other day oh, that doesn't seem to fit in with what you were talking about yesterday. So being very clear on that. Yeah, and that just immediately is a red flag for people because, Mm -hmm. you know, when they they are following you and you're talking about something, you know, for a few days and then all of a sudden you're just doing a total 180 um, and saying something that doesn't fit in or you're – doing something visually that is communicating a completely different message. Mm. Um, it just makes people wonder like, okay, so which one of these is the real you? Because they both can't be. Um, so it kind of builds a distrust, which is just not what you want in your brain. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. So what are all the elements of your business that you need to consider when, you know, you've got, okay, you've got your brand, you have a clear idea. You've got, um, I think the the obvious thing people think is like, oh, my Instagram pictures or my Instagram um, captions and stuff like that. Okay. But there's actually much more in, you know, your products, your your packaging, your right. uh, email, like all of these elements, actually, you have to think about them in relation to your brand rather than just kind of going, well, my brand, I'm just communicating that by this one thing and then the rest is kind of like. Oh, yeah. Mess. So, I mean... <laughs> Anything and everything that comes from you should feel cohesive. So for makers, packaging is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and that comes with, you know, do you put some sort of little note in there? You know, what is it that you do to add a personal touch to your packaging? Um, And then your emails, anything on your website. If you have a physical location, then, you know, the look and feel of that, obviously. Um, And then something else that people don't always think of is just the experience of buying from you is part Mm. of your brand. So, you know, how, how can you make that consistent? Can you create an email funnel that, you know, maybe, maybe when people buy, it starts some sort of email funnel that supports them and how to use the product or gives them ideas or, um, 
you know, talks them through common questions that people have or, you know, how can you be supportive um, of the people that are buying and really interact with them and make sure that it feels like what they would expect your brand to feel like. Yeah. I, one of the things for me that always stands out is, um, you know, if I buy from a, a maker or something like that, I really expect that personal touch because mm-hmm. that's why I'm doing it. You know, I'm, I'm deliberately right. buying from a small business because I want to support small business and I want that, you know, personal made local touch or whatever it might be. And there's nothing worse when you do that. And all the, all the pretty branding and the story they have on their website all supports that. And then you buy from them and you just get like generic, a generic email, shipping email yes. or whatever, and you never hear <laughs> from them again. And it's kind of like, mm, I feel like, yeah, I was kind of duped here a little bit. Um, like one of the things I do in my jewelry businesses, I send a personal email to every customer and, you know, tell them, you know, my thank you email used to be like a paragraph where I'd be like, thanks for your order. It'll be shipped, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, this is so boring. (laughs) And just so like corporate sounding. And I totally, you know, many years ago, I sat down and totally rewrote it. And and it's like five paragraphs long now. But I was like, I really want to communicate what this, what does this mean to me? The fact that this person Mm -hmm. has chosen to buy from me out of all of the millions of things they could have bought in the world, they've chosen to buy from me. Uh, what does that mean for me and my family? And what does that mean for how much care we're going to put into producing this thing for them? So I'm like, well, I should tell them. So I like wrote all that stuff down, send it in that email. And of course I weave in there the, oh, well, you know, we'll be wrapping it up like a gift and sending it to you within mm-hmm. the next two weeks. So you can get all that practical detail in there, but also be weaving a story. And my customer communication, when I did that one thing, changed completely. I, I get like probably at least a third of my customers reply to that email. And like, I was going to say, I bet you get a ton of replies. Yeah. Because, yeah. and some people probably wonder if that is a totally custom email to them or if everybody's mm. getting this email. Yeah. Um, and that creates so much emotional connection and loyalty. And I mean, that almost guarantees that they're going to come right back to buy from you again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been an incredibly powerful tool um, to build that relationship with a customer, which is not only just lovely (laughs) because that's (laughs) a nice part of being in small business, but it's also good business sense because if you Mm -hmm. start off a relationship on a positive note, if something goes wrong, it's going to be a lot more likely that that person is going to reach out to you personally rather than just like opening a case with you, you know, against you with PayPal or something. Yeah. They're, they're going to know that you care and they're going to give you the opportunity to fix a problem or, or help them out. So those small things can make a huge difference to you. Yeah. I mean, some of the smallest little detail things that you can do in your brand have the biggest impact. So I think people get scared and think, branding feels like such a big thing that they need to do but it's little bitty things like that which you know that that doesn't take a huge amount of time Mm -hmm. and it really pays off yeah definitely and it might even be things that you know you don't even really necessarily from the outside you might not necessarily think about hey this person's brand is this one thing so for, for example with me um I guess for Ferial and Crate and Thrive, it's a bit of an overlap, but I, you know, I don't wear makeup. I just get on there and I talk 
to the screen. I'm very down to earth, very, you know, and that very much reflects with my business and the sort of people who would be interested in what mm -hmm. I do. Um, and that is who I am. So that's one of the aspects of my personality that I'm just letting shine through. But from an outside, you might not consciously notice that, but you definitely, part of you would notice that. Like if you compare right. me to another jeweler who's very girly and, <laughs> you know, has a very different <laughs> style, um, it's going to be pretty obvious, but it might not be so obvious. Um, and that and makes, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that just makes you feel so much more approachable and, you know, like people feel like they can reach out to you and they, you know, they see themselves in you. Mm -hmm. It just makes it easier to buy. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. When people see themselves in you, like if, if your market is, you know, people who are super into makeup and, and stuff like that, then you want to be looking that way as well. Like you want to be presenting that way because then people will just resonate with you and, you know, you're, you're their sort of person. And those are all things you need to think about with your personal brand as well, how you are coming across, especially if you do hop on video and stuff like that, um, right. how you're coming across to your customers uh, and if that is in line with your brand as well. Right. Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to, let's, let's do a little bit more talk about the visual aspect of things. Um, Cause this is a mistake I see a lot of people making is their photos are just blur. Like they just look like everybody <laughs> else's photos or they're badly shot or they're blurry. Um, like photos are so important these days and it's actually, it's pretty much easier than ever to kind of make sure your photos are, somehow in brand with each other but it, you need to have an you need to have a clear idea about what the visual elements of your brand are not just necessarily like that color or that font but what sort of um like i'll give you an example for create and thrive my logo has a tree in it so like a lot of my branding and messaging i have like plants and stuff like that like because mm -hmm. that it, it gets that idea of thriving and growing over to people um, so there might be sort of those sort of metaphors you can use in your own business as well. Right. And there's, I mean, there's so many different styles of photography mm -hmm. and of editing photography. And it is really important to make sure, one, that you're consistent. And two, that whatever style it is you're, of photography that you're using fits in with the style of everything else that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, don't, have, you know, so I, I go to sites sometimes where, and you'll see like that for a while they were doing one style of photography and then they switched over, but they didn't change the old ones. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this big disconnect. And I mean, I will almost say that even as a designer, it is almost more important to invest in the photography first mm -hmm. because no design, no matter how wonderful for your website is going to do your work justice if it's photographed badly. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is a huge problem. Like I can't stress enough to, to people how important photographs are like the, the photographs of your work. Um, they are just, they're kind of almost everything. Like you can, you can almost have, very little, you know, extraneous branding. But if your photos are awesome, that's going to be really, really 
important. Um, and like you said, there's that horrible disconnect where you see a really nicely designed site with awful photos, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a it's a it's a turn off. You're like, oh, you know, no, that's that's I don't like how that looks. So it is incredibly important. And you know, when you're obviously if you want photos that fit in with your brand, it's it's ideal that you have a bit of a clear idea of of what sort of style and colours and background and all that sort of thing are going to fit with your brand right. um, from yeah. the beginning. Otherwise, yeah, you may have to have to do the old uh, re-photographing thing, which none of <laughs> us want to do. Fun. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, like, I'll be completely honest here. I, You know, there's some uh, items in my shop that are like the older photos that I don't a hundred percent love, but they're they're brand they're in on brand enough that I can mm-hmm. kind of get away with it. Uh, yeah. If they were completely different, I'd have to redo them. So it's yeah, it's, if you if you kind of take a one eighty in your business at any stage, that is going to require a, a big overhaul and things. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. It is, <laughs> but it it's, is. It's really worth it to make sure it's all cohesive. Yeah, and before we kind of wrap up, I just want to highlight this idea of like the difference between a brand and a commodity. Like I think people get a bit stuck on the idea of like, oh, my, you know, I need to compete on price and um, they look around at, you know, their competitors, people selling something similar and they're like, oh, my God, this person's selling it for like a third of the price and that other person's selling it for, you know, twice what I'm going to be offering and then they freak out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the fact of the matter is that will always be the case and that you you can't compete on price. But what you can do is compete on quality and the story that you're telling. And that's what this is all about. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you know who your audience is and you know what's important to them, then you're going to focus on that. And that's not, they can't compare price on that. No. You know, if you have a unique aspect that they're not going to get somewhere else, then it's not an apples to apples price comparison. And what branding helps you do is really rise above the pricing wars because there's, there's just no comparison between what you're doing and what these other people are doing. Absolutely. And there's lots of examples of that in, you know, other businesses. Um, I always use Apple as an example. Uh, you know, pe- people who use Apple products are, diehard fans because they love mm-hmm. Apple. I mean, you can get a, a laptop for a third of the price of a MacBook or whatever. I don't know exactly, but I know it's a lot cheaper to just get a, you know, cheap a PC laptop, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly. not about that. It's about the brand. It's about the whole story and the ecosystem around that. And you see that over and over again with, you know, big brands out there in the world. You know, you could, any one of us can go to Target and buy you know, a shirt for $5 or you can go to, I don't know, one of those big fancy brands, Gucci or something. <laughs> I'm really not up on the fashion world uh, and, and pay like, you know, 10 times the price. Do you think they're made in different places? They're both made in the same Chinese factory probably. It's not That's about <laughs> the price. It's not about the, the um, you know, the materials. It's about the brand. It's about the story. That's what yes. people are buying. Yes, and it's even, Absolutely. Yeah, and even though we're a tiny little one-person story or brand, with the power of the internet and social media these days, you can be bigger than you seem. And, uh, you know, having a strong brand really makes a difference there. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm just like, I should let the lady talk. Um, (laughs) 
Speaking of which, do you have any last bits of advice or, uh, you know, one pearl of wisdom that people can take away when it comes to this process of figuring all of this out and making sure that they have a brand that will work for them and their business? Um, totally put you I on would the spot. say, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would say just don't, don't overthink it. In the beginning, you know, start with what you love and then filter it by just knowing who your customers are and what your message is and compare, you know, look at every individual piece of your brand through the filter of who you are selling to and just making sure that it all communicates something similar. I also usually tell people as a first practice, if if they're not really sure what, you know, whether all of their branding elements are consistent or not, it's just to pull out everything that they have and look at it all separately, you know, look at some social posts, look at your website, look at your print materials and with an objective eye, like, does it all feel like it's coming from the same place? Mm. Because a lot of times when you look at it, when you lay it all out like that, you'll realize it doesn't. And then it might be time to get in touch with Katie of Pop and Gray because she might be able to help <laughs> you with that. Um, it might people, be. <laughs> if people are at that stage where they're like, oh, my God, I can't do this myself, where can they find you? Um, they can find me at popandgray.com. Awesome. And um, thank you for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this chat. As, yeah, me too. so much stuff there that – yeah, that's just so important that you might not have thought about before. All those little elements of your brand and how much they can change your business and not only how your customers feel about your business but how you feel about your business. I think when we have kind of this strong brand designed, it makes us feel a bit more professional and a bit more, you know, on top of things and, your, you know, how you feel, your confidence with your, your business and, and how well it comes across definitely reflects in the success of your business in the long run. So it is a really important part of the puzzle. Oh, absolutely. And that's totally like a woo-woo aspect of it. But, <laughs> you know, some people are like, I just want the strategy. But, you know, the confidence that, that having a really nice professional brand gives you it, it, it really does make a huge difference in how you are able to communicate with customers and present everything to the world. Yeah, because if you don't feel confident and you don't love your brand, how can you expect other people to? Exactly. And that's what stops us from perhaps putting it out there as much as we should. So thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show and chatting thank about you. that today. I really appreciated it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like my course, Brand Your Craft. It's a 14-day self-study course that will guide you through creating a brand for your business that you can be proud of, show to the world. It's really focused on the visual branding side of things, and I had it uh, created for me by a professor of graphic design, and she will take you through all of the steps that you need to follow to get your colors right, um, your fonts right, you know, the feel of your brand and put it all together in the end. So just head on over to createandthrive.com and click on the shop link and you'll find Brand Your Craft and all my other courses and ebooks available right there. Now, 
If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it. Take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, there's a handy share feature, which you can just use to share it to your Instagram stories or Facebook or wherever you'd like to share it to. Twitter. You're still on Twitter. Um, And just let everybody know about it. Uh, I really, really appreciate it when people take a moment to share the podcast. It means the world to me. And thank you to everybody who's done so. And of course, if you haven't already uh, and you would like to give me some feedback, you can do so by leaving a review either over on um, Apple Podcasts or on the Create and Thrive Facebook page. Just search for Create and Thrive on Facebook and you'll find that right there. Thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of the show. I'll be back again next week with another one. And goodbye for now. 